you know, there's so many different layers to social anxiety. And, and one of the biggest things why I do what I do, Eric, is because like when I was 18, when I was in 2015, 2016, and I started to like research and try to look up like resources and tools for social anxiety. I mean, I didn't really find any. I mean, there's different books that have been written by like psychologists, for example, I would check those out. I literally wouldn't understand a thing or they would like, you know, create some theory that I, I wouldn't really think is practical. And then I'd read all these different articles of like, oh, just, you know, be confident and go to a networking event. And so what I would say is like the more stories of this that can get out there, the better, because there are so many different layers. And the reality is, is that this is a failed problem. Like the reality of like why I wrote my book, for example, and the reason why it's screw being shy, not screw being socially anxious is because there are so many people who are like trying to live within this identity of, oh, I'm just an innocent introvert. Oh, I'm just like uh, harmlessly shy. And again, there are people like that, but there are people who are like deeply psychologically struggling. And because it's something that's social, being social, being in a community, that's so important to you as a human being. And so I think social anxiety, it's almost like this, uh, it's like a meta virus that leads to substance abuse, social isolation, and suicide. Welcome to the Rockstars Rocking Podcast, powered by Voluntary Disruption, a show dedicated to people who are crushing their business and life goals. These are bite-sized conversations with leading rock stars in their respective industry who are pumped to share their story to help drive you to the next level. So, are you ready to rock? Speaking of rock stars, here's your host, Eric Silverman. Hey, rock stars. Welcome back to another episode of Rock Stars Rockin' and Boy, do I have a rock star guest this week. Everybody welcome uh, my new good friend, Mark Metry, out of the greater Boston, Massachusetts area. What's up, Mark? Dude, I'm doing well. Thank you for the invite. Thank you to everyone out there for listening. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely, man. Boy, there is just so much to unpack this week uh, with you as our rock star rocking our guest of honor for the week, um, frankly, for the quarter for the year, because this is going to be amazing. I'm so super pumped and I'm super pumped that you're super pumped, which for those that don't know Mark, you'll understand very very shortly. Um, so real quick, Mark is a um, Forbes contributor, TEDx featured speaker. He's got an incredible YouTube channel. He's got a ridiculous amount of followers and connections on the LinkedIn, my social platform of choice. I think I have a few followers. This guy is 10x me. Um, so if you're not already connected or following him on LinkedIn and YouTube, please change that now you can even pause the podcast just to go change that make sure you come back um and mark you also have a, a best-selling book that you released in 2020 which we're going to dig into and a whole bunch of other stuff um so with that mark i wanted to dig right in and ask you a couple um quick questions and also give yeah. you uh for those listening to this from months or years from now it's not going to be relevant but Happy birthday, man. You got an early birthday uh, wish <laughs> from me. I know you're going to turn the big old 2-4 uh, a week from the recording here. Yeah, um, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. 
Absolutely. And speaking of that, man, nearly 24 years, you've accomplished a lot, man. Um, and and it just blows my mind. I look back to when I was 23, 24, and uh, I told you earlier, I was driving to Boston to help my buddy get a car, for heaven's sakes. I wasn't focused on launching a huge, ridiculous podcast and having YouTube subscribers. Not that YouTube might have, may or might, may not have existed back then. I'm a bit older, um, but you get the idea. So, Mark, here's a question for you, right? Um, you, um, you are, uh, uh, shy by trade. Uh, you, you're, you're as society would describe you good, bad, or indifferent as society would describe you, you are, or were, I should say, uh, introverted by trade. Um, I, my question is what was the breaking point where eventually enough is enough, right? Push came to shove and you were either going to continue down one road, which could have gotten even darker and deeper, which we can get into, or you had an epiphany lightning bolt moment where you said, I got to make a change. Can you kind of unpack that for our audience here? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I grew up and I was always called the shy, quiet, introverted kid, right? And, you know, when you look at what it means to be shy, you know, it's, it's like when you're nervous doing something for the first time, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's totally normal and okay for everyone to get shy, you know, every once in a while. Agree. But I didn't know that anxiety and like social anxiety was real, where not just talking to some specific people, not just in some areas, where basically like everywhere you go, your brain basically shuts down and then enters this body-mind feedback loop that makes your heartbeat uh, race. It, it um, you know, tightens your throat. And then it's basically like the best way I would describe it is um, like social anxiety is basically like an algorithm that gets installed in your mind pretty early from like 9 to 11. And it basically just makes you think that you have to, like you can't be yourself. And everywhere you go, your body has like a biochemical physiological reaction to it. Right. And so I remember like literally every day of my life trying to talk to people. I remember trying to be myself and I just couldn't do it. And then literally every single day I'd be like, wow, I'm so stupid. I'm like so dumb. I'm so lazy. Why can't I do this? So, and it ti wasn't so time out for a second, right? Because you've probably seen on LinkedIn, our social media platform of choice, there's a bajillion people that always say, just be yourself, be yourself. Everybody else is taken, <laughs> be yourself. Come on. You've seen that, right? Yeah. So if everybody's telling everybody to be themselves, but there's so many millions, according to your TEDx talk, 4 million plus people suffer from social anxiety. If there's millions of people suffering, it ain't as easy as just telling somebody be yourself. Yeah. And I, I thank you so much for highlighting that because I think that's so important. And like, yeah, I, I literally heard every day of my life, like, Oh, just be yourself. Oh, just speak up. Oh, just, and, and, and again, like, I think maybe some of this can work for like maybe the average person, but the reality is, is that it, it doesn't, you know? And so, um, so for me and how it kind of happened in my story. So I go off to college and I'm about 18 and I basically start to realize for the first time in my life that this whole social anxiety thing is real. And what happened was I started to try to uh, expose myself to try to get out of it, right? And so I would try to set challenges for myself and I'd be like, hey, Mark, try to, you know, make a friend today, try to walk up to someone at the cafeteria or at the library, try to talk to them. And like every single time that I tried to do that, 
I could just like literally feel my brain just like shutting me down, like just like, like restricting me and my free will. It's very hard to describe now. And so basically when that happened, I was like, oh crap, I'm screwed. And so ever since then, that like when I was about 18, that's where I, you know, I was probably seriously depressed for the first time in my life. Next thing I knew, I just, I started to eat way too much food. I started to drink too much alcohol. Next thing I knew, I gained like over 75 pounds. I was over 200 pounds. And the next thing I knew was actually suicidal. And I was like, like my, the best way I can describe is like my brain broke. And this was about when I was 18. And for me, you know, what I did was, uh, you know, I was living in Boston and uh, the city where I was in is pretty nice area, but it was neighboring this area that let's just say isn't so nice. And I remember like, I would get text alerts on my phone that would say like, Hey, don't go down this street. There's been like a shooting. There's been like a gang, something, whatever. And so basically for me, like I had this period at the end of 2015 for about three weeks where I would just go for walks in like the ghetto at like 2 a.m. because I would just hope for someone to like walk up to me and try to kill me and try to mug me just because I was like, I don't, I can't deal with this anymore. I didn't know what to do. And so that for me was like my rock bottom. And then there were some different things that happened. I wouldn't necessarily say it was like a, it was like all of a sudden the clouds parted and then a thunderbolt, you know, came and struck me. Um, but there were a handful of those moments and it, it really, you know, for example, one of those moments was, I remember I was walking and I came across one of those like bridges on the highway where like normally during the day, all you would hear is, vroom, 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 vroom. you know, you hear a lot of sound and it was in Boston, right? So this is a city. There's a lot of people. There's millions of people that live here. And I remember being on that bridge at like 1 to 3 AM and there was no cars. There was nobody there was like nobody walking around, no sounds. And at that time, like how I lived my life was I would just look down and I would just walk. Like I would be that kid who would always just look down, never make direct eye contact. And so I remember as I'm walking on these walks and I experienced this moment of like silence, like I hear silence. And all of a sudden I remember like looking up and I remember basically me being aware of like thoughts that I had in my mind. Because I remember I was walking, I heard the sense of silence. And then all of a sudden, um, it's not like I heard a voice. It's not like I, I heard something audible, but I just like got this feeling that like my brain would give me like a thought. And this was, this completely like changed my life because at that time I had no idea like that we even had, I mean, it sounds crazy to think about it. I had no idea that we had thoughts as in, the average person has around 65,000 thoughts a day. And some of these thoughts, you're conscious of them. You know, you're thinking them. Other, other parts of these thoughts, you're unconscious. And these thoughts, they basically run your life, uh, good or bad. And so I had no idea. And so for me, it was just like, whatever my brain showed me, whatever my eyes sort of showed me, that was my real life. I never questioned my mind. I was never skeptical of like, what is my brain actually telling me? What is my brain actually getting me to feel? And when I had like that very real awareness of like me thinking a thought for the first time and hearing it within that silence, that's where I was like, wait, that thought that my brain just told me, like, I don't even agree with that. So like, where did that come from? And then that started this whole sort of chain reaction of me just like stopping and just like trying to think and trying to understand like, hey, what's going on? 
behind the surface, like what's going on under the hood. And then that's what led me to like, under, like begin to go down the road of like, understanding what mental health is, how our brains operate, how I started to rewire my brain, change my mind, change anxiety, all these different things. And so that, that was like the, the first kind of moment. And it was like at the end of 2015, and it was really born from like the worst case scenario, like of my life. It's, it was very scary. Very interesting to think back at. So, so look, needless to say, right. I mean, 20 pre 2016 Mark, right? 2015 Mark wouldn't be doing a TEDx talk, wouldn't be um, doing these videos on YouTube, wouldn't be, um, certainly wouldn't be here on a podcast, let alone the other podcasts you've been on. So, uh, you know, I like what you said, where you said social anxiety is real. And I kid you not, you'll have to take my word for it. I wrote that down prior to meeting you today, um, because I know that it's real. And, you know, nobody tuned in here to hear my story, but I can appreciate everything you're talking about. Um, I grew up the, a, a very introverted kid. And it's crazy to when people find that out. They literally, people that meet old friends of mine that were still close friends, and, they're like, and they'll say, they're not making fun of me, but they'll say, yeah, I was like one or two of his friends. That's it. He just had a couple. And, you yeah. know, and I was very glad that I had a couple. Um, yeah. I was very, very shy, wouldn't talk to girls, wouldn't um, speak up in class. I mean, you name it. Um, and people ask me all the time, well, when did I come out of my shell? I don't really know. I, it really, to me, was, when, I guess, when I got to college, very similar. But I certainly was never in the, in the same vein as where you're at with respect to, you know, um, uh, I mean, what you said about going down the, one of the craziest, awful places of the Boston area and hoping and praying that just something will happen to you. I mean, I've, I, I do the exact opposite, like anybody would do. So it just proves and shows how real what it is you are, you went through and, and really what I went through, but not to that same level. Um, you know, yeah. I want to ask you a question. Um, and it's still in the same topic, but just to bring a little levity to the situation, I hope you don't, don't, don't um, hate this, but you know, <laughs> I can't say grow up cause I'm older than you, but for 12 years, 12 seasons, my wife and I, uh, you probably had this um, question before, but my wife and I were huge fans of the show on CBS, the big bang theory. Um, oh, maybe yeah. you know where I'm going with this. Maybe you don't. Um, did you ever watch the show? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. So they're, they're one of their prime characters for all 12 seasons uh, was Dr. Raj Kuthrapali. Yeah. Um, and uh, he, if you, if you were to Google it and check it out, um, there is a thing, believe it or not, is the Big Bang Wikipedia. It's a whole separate thing. <laughs> and if you look it up, I kid you not, um, it talks about how Raj uh, was suffering with social anxiety for six seasons. Mm -hmm. And his whole thing in the show, it's a comedy, right? But his whole thing was he specifically could not talk to women, period, end of sentence. And the only way that he could is if he was drunk or if he, ready, thought that he was drunk, placebo effect. Mm -hmm. So I guess my question is whether you've seen all the episodes or not, and I'd encourage you to watch them. It's, it's a great show. It was on 12 seasons. Those, those actors are millionaires, multimillionaires. But the question is, is that, um, is that offensive to someone going through social anxiety or to have that character for six seasons and at the spoiler alert spoiler alert at the end of season six he comes off of that and he's no longer uh, socially anxious season seven through 12 he's 
quote unquote normal for lack of a better term. Is it offensive to portray that and show that and highlight that on national TV, worldwide TV, or do you find that to be a good thing to continue to bring awareness? Your thoughts. Yeah. I think that's a, first off, I've never gotten anything close to this question. And so thank you for asking. And yeah, I remember watching the big bang theory and I remember Raj specifically. Um, so, I mean, I think it depends, right? So Faraj was like, hey, I no longer have social anxiety. If you still have social anxiety, then you suck and you're a loser. You know, obviously that, that wouldn't be good. But no, I mean, I don't think so. And I think, I think a big issue with this, just generally talking about is like definitions, right? And like, what are we actually talking about, right? So like people, like when I have like my LinkedIn posts that go viral, I have people that comment, they're like, oh, I used to be shy, but then I just like, took a sales job and then I'm no longer shy. You should just man up, you know? And so there's like all kinds of these different things. And it's like, hey, like you can say a message, like a message like that, that may be considered offensive. You're really just doing that to stroke your own ego. Like you're really just doing that to stroke like your false flames of masculinity where you have to feel like you're better than other people to get a reward. And so I think with everything, it just depends how it's done. Um, And then I think number two is this, um, you know, there's so many different layers to social anxiety. And, and one of the biggest things why I do what I do, Eric, is because like when I was 18, when I was in 2015, 2016, and I started to like research and try to look up like resources and tools for social anxiety. I mean, I didn't really find any. I mean, there's different books that have been written by like psychologists, for example, I would check those out. I literally wouldn't understand a thing or they would like, you know, create some theory that I I wouldn't really think is practical. And then I'd read all these different articles of like, oh, just, you know, be confident and go to a networking event. And so what I would say is like the more stories of this that can get out there, the better, because there are so many different layers. And the reality is, is that this is a failed problem. Like the reality of like why I wrote my book, for example, and the reason why it's screw being shy, not screw being socially anxious is because there are so many people who are like trying to live within this identity of, oh, I'm just an innocent introvert. Oh, I'm just like uh, harmlessly shy. And again, there are people like that, but there are people who are like deeply psychologically struggling. And because it's something that's social, being social, being in a community, that's so important to you as a human being. And so I think social anxiety, it's almost like this, uh, it's like a meta virus that leads to substance abuse, social isolation, and suicide. Um, and so, and so, yeah, I mean, the depression. Only thing that I would, yeah, depression. Yeah. And I mean, the only thing that I would say is like, if Raj was like, Hey, I get drunk every single time, you know, and he's putting out like a harmful message of like using alcohol to fix your problems. No. And, and to be honest with you, I don't really, I don't really get offended by things um, because I know that like, okay, if there's 8 billion people in the world and then somebody wrote something on the internet and then I have a different perspective and then I'm reading what they said through my perspective, I could just completely conflate it. I could not really understand it. I'm implying my own bias, my own things. And so, no, I don't think it's offensive. And I, and I hope more people start to talk about this. And the last thing that I'll say is that I never met this, this guy, Raj, but he could just be kind of fake. Like he could be faking it. He could just say like, oh, I don't really have social anxiety, but then he kind of does. And then it comes up in certain times in his life, in certain periods, maybe, you know, he's done certain things because what I would say is this, like social anxiety is usually not something that like randomly happens to you. Like you don't wake up one day and you're just like, 
hey, I have social anxiety. It's usually a result of like some stuff that happened in your childhood, how your psychology was originally created when you were a kid. And so a lot of the times, like you don't just walk out of that. You know, it, it takes a very deliberate path, you know, if it is really social anxiety to be able to have a life. Like for me, um, you know, social anxiety used to control my life by like 95%, 90%, 100% of the time. Now it's definitely still there, but it's probably more or less like 5%, 10%, you know, but it's That's still huge. definitely there. That's huge. Well, I mean, look, uh, I feel like, you know, the whole term social media, I mean, I, I, I believe you, I mean, you were, um, you, you had followers on social media, you were pretty um, big on social interaction, but but more through technology. So you'd be probably if I'm if I'm guessing wrong, you tell me, I would imagine you would probably be quicker and easier to chat with back in the early 2010s and before if it was a text message or a direct message if it was not in person, but tell me if I'm wrong, because I do, I have friends and I have, we know people who they don't nowadays, they don't even want to talk on the phone or do a zoom. They just, you know, it's, it's there. They feel more comfortable texting and just being social that way. Um, thoughts. Yeah, that's a great question. I, I, this is an amazing question. So I, so actually it, it no. Um, so like, for example, I, I, I hate texting. Like I hate texting. Okay. I hate, I hate like technology based communications. Um, unless it's like certain people, like my family, my friends, just because, um, I try to like limit my communication well, circle. Well, let's let's time out for a second. Here's a follow up, sure. right? So is that relatively new because you've quote unquote in my own quote come out of your shell and you you you're not as uh, uh, socially anxious as you were, so you're proud and excited to have human interaction, or have you always been that way, even predating you um, you uh, fixing yourself, for lack of a better term? Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. So like what I would say is this. So I, throughout my life, I always wanted to be social. Um, and like, for example, when I was a kid and I was doing that stuff on YouTube early on and social media, it was all anonymous. Like this was, this was when everyone had usernames. This was before people had like their first and last name on the internet. Right. And okay. so for me, it was all through an on anonymity. And so nobody could know who I was, Okay. Um, but I could still be social. Right. And so you know, what I've learned is that if, if anything, dude, I think that what people who have social anxiety, I think it, it's actually worse for them, uh, like through technology to communicate because basically like you're sitting in your house, right? You're on a computer or on your phone. You probably have like some job where you have to talk to your boss. You have to talk to all kinds of different people. Um, th that can be very, 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 um, very like crippling to, to like constantly communicate because like really like what social anxiety is at the end of the day is that you have this perception that if you be yourself, that if you be your true self, unedited self, then people are going to judge you and mock you and, and make fun of you. And so every single time that someone then goes to be social, whether it's on their phone or not, their brain is like running this like psychological algorithm of like, Oh, should I that be myself sense. or should I just do nine times out of 10 what I've always done in my past, which is just like fake it and then try to act like this and then try to do this just so I can like stay in this shell to not let people know who I am. And then that leads to 
you know, you have no real conversations. There's no intimacy, which then starts to be like, there's no motivation. There's no reason for me to do this. And then that fades into like depression and, and it goes into all this thing. And so if anything, I have actually seen people with social anxiety in certain cases get worse through the technology, the technological communications, because before it was just like, Hey, I'm going to go to the office from X time to this time, I'm going to step into this meeting from X time to this time. But now you're just like sort of left like in your home. And then there's like literally thousands of like social communication cycles that are happening all of the time on your phone, on, on Slack, on email. Right. Oh, this person called, oh, this person left you a voice. You know what I mean? And so it actually, it can be very, um, what's the word? It can be very debilitating for a lot of people. And, and I've definitely like, if I'm not careful, I see my brain going back in the same loop. And so there's different boundaries and, and different, um, you know, tricks and tools that I've had to come up with to deal with that. Um, and so, yeah, what I, what I always tell people is like, if you deal with your social anxiety in real life, it will greatly help any social anxiety you have that's on social media or that's online. And so it's, it's both of those, if that makes sense. No, totally. And that's why I was curious. Cause um, you know, why I asked the questions. I, if I was predicting something, I would have not said that what uh, I would not have predicted what you said. So it's, it's why we ask questions. It's fantastic. Um, yeah. You know, I was intrigued by what you said in your, uh, and we're going to get to some other things here, but I was yeah. intrigued by what you said in your TEDx talk about exposure therapy um, mm -hmm. and the four layers of um, social anxiety, physical appearance, social skills, um, uh, entire, uh, uh, personal uh, or personality, i.e. character, and then ultimately getting socially anxious about the signs of, uh, of social anxiety. Um, my, what I really love though, was how you mentioned, um, and I forget the doctor's name and you can, you can say in a second, but I yeah. like how you guys talked or how you talked about, um, you have to expose yourself over time. It, it can't be an overnight thing. It's not like a light bulb or a light switch where all of a sudden you're cured or you're better or you're fixed for, for lack of a better term. So um, I want to lead this into your podcast, which um, was is blowing up all, for these last few years. Do you believe that um, starting your podcast in the end of 2017 was part of the process for quote unquote exposing yourself over time to getting better? um, with respect to social anxiety? Yeah. Yeah. Huge. You know, I, I had been on my journey for about like, what, like two years since then. And so I was already like, I was already, you know, living, you know, the, the, you know, I was already, you know, walking the talk, I guess. Um, and so, yeah, man, I mean, that's huge, you know, and, and, and like one of the best parts about that is that, I mean, I don't recommend this for people, for generally, pe for generally speaking to people who have never worked on their social anxiety before, but like the ability for me to like every week, I'm like, oh shit, I'm talking to like Robert Green or I'm talking to like this person or I'm talking to like this famous person or whoever, um, it, it definitely challenges you a lot. And then the best part about it though, is that a lot of times these people are actually introverts. Like most of these successful people are introverts too, maybe not socially anxious. Um, but I would have these conversations with people. Some of them were virtual, some of them were in person. And I mean, it would just be like the most like beneficial thing ever. Like I'd go in there, not, not all of them, but I'd go in there trying to be myself. And these people would just like communicate to me and like, they would, I don't know what the word, like maybe validate me. Um, 
and and I truly like I need to go back into like all the people who I've interviewed on my podcast and I really need to thank them like each every single one of them because like I I would have so much social anxiety before those and a lot of those were just on zoom or virtual um so yeah so and then in terms of your what you were saying before um so her name is Dr. Ellen Hendrickson and she's also in Boston she's in BU um so here's what I would say about what you just said in terms of exposure therapy. Um, so, I mean, if you recall when I was telling you about my, my story about when I was in college and I hit that rock bottom, I was basically trying to do my own version of exposure therapy before I knew what exposure therapy was. And that didn't lead me anywhere, you know? And so I think a lot of the times like exposure therapy is usually what is told to people who have social anxiety the most out of anything that works. But the reality is, is that you know, you can work with like a professional, you can work with someone who has training in this and they can, they can help expose you layer by layer in those four layers you said. But the reality is, is like, believe it or not, that's still at the, at like the surface layer. You know what I mean? And so for example, like one of the things that I would do is like, so I ended up growing up in this, um, you know, small rural town. And um, one of the interesting parts about it was that everyone in that town was pretty affluent except for like me and my family, we didn't really have that much money. And so I remember I would go to school and I would wear the same clothes very regularly. And I just like, remember I'd wear the same clothes again and again and again and again. And then, you know, people would make fun of me, bullying all this stuff. And then everyone would, would walk around with like designer clothing and just like new, new things every day. And so for me, like there was a level of social anxiety about how I physically looked um, in terms of just like the clothes, in terms of what I was wearing. And so one of the, one of the things that I did to start exposing myself to that was I would go to the most public, most crowded area I could find. And I would literally wear the most outrageous clothes. I would wear like a, um, like a pink cowboy hat with like bright pink neon shirts and like bright pink neon shorts. And I would just walk around. And then literally the entire time people would just stare at me. And like what you do is that you're basically trying to condition your brain to not be, um, I don't want to say sensitive because that's not the right word, but you basically are trying to build resiliency in your brain by trying to expose you to, okay, what happens if someone sees me and they think I look crazy and they think I look like literally like the most extreme scenario. And when you do that, time and time again. And then you also do other things that I talk about in my TED talk, like addressing your gut microbiome or doing things like meditation. When you start doing those other things, then that's how you can get a long lasting change. But if you're just doing exposure therapy, that's only at on the surface, you know? And so you have to do it like alongside all these other things, you know? And so thank you for highlighting that because I think that's huge. And it's like a very actionable step that people can take. And I've also written articles about this. If people want to, you know, look it up later too. Well, I mean, look, I, I, and I'm, I'm curious, let me ask you this question and maybe it's related to the podcast. Maybe it's not. So your YouTube channel, Mark Metry, um, is that where you have the video version of all your podcasts or is that separate? Um, separate. The only, and I'll tell you why I'm asking. The reason I ask is, um, I, I, I'm subscribed to Mark Metry, 
Uh, but I see you have so many incredible rock stars that you've talked to um, for many, many minutes on end, some longer than others, of people that I know and totally respect. Some people I've actually had on this podcast, some people oh, nice. I already have scheduled, um, you know, Scott McGregor and Kara Golden and Heather Monahan oh, nice. and my good friend Rachel Druckenmiller. I mean, and the list goes on and on. Oh, nice. I've met all but are these, But are these podcast um, interviews or are these um, just separate chats you've had? So, I mean, I've, I, I've done so many different things. Um, so, I mean, I had podcasts before, and then when COVID came, I kind of transitioned. I did more live streaming on like oh, LinkedIn. Okay. And so that some of those, it. yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. No, that's cool. And, and, and here's why I'm asking too, because I was thinking, is that, or was that a version of um, quote unquote humans 1.0? Because your podcast was called humans 2.0. I don't know if there's a 1.0, um, but you were telling me um, right before we hit the uh, record button that you since renamed that. So I'm curious, yeah. uh, is, it, is it humans 3.0? Like tell, tell me where, where <laughs> that came from. Cause you have a yeah. ridiculous following on, uh, on your podcast, rank one of the top 100 podcasts, uh, according to Apple, you've interviewed interviewed Seth Godin, Ed Milet, yeah. Dave Meltzer. Um, my God, yeah. I mean, the list goes on and on. Yeah. And it's, it's cool. Cause a lot of those people have actually endorsed my book. Um, but, um, so yeah, so this is it, man. So when I was starting my podcast in 2017, like I, I had no idea that in 2020, I would release a book about social anxiety and shyness. I didn't know that that was going to be my thing. Right. And so for me at that time, it was really just about like self-improvement and like self-development and like trying to upgrade my mindset and then maybe a little bit broader in terms of my mental health. And so, I mean, I just spent like, like years just like interviewing all these different kinds of people that are just like roughly in that space. And then as my podcast developed, then I was like, you know what, there's so, like, I'm not really interested in like this self-development, self-improvement, like mindset area. Um, I, I kind of want to dive into like the more mental health side, because I feel like that is more functional and that gives people like more actionable um, sort of details and steps that they can do in their own life. Um, so then I was doing that. And then I was like, you know what, I started this podcast, like literally when I was just turning 20. And like who I was back then, which was a human 1.0, and I was trying to become a human 2.0, I was trying to level up. Like I did that, you know, and, and then today who I am now is just different. You know, I, I have the same values and whatnot, but like what I want to, what I want to preach is just different. Like, I don't want to, I just don't want to talk about just like general, like mindset, self-improvement things. Like I want to speak specifically on what I now know is like my life purpose and like what I've been through social anxiety, shyness. And it's also because no one's really talking about it. And like the feedback that I've been able to get, you know, from people around the world uh, has been amazing. And so, yeah, so all, what I did was I, um, I just changed the name of the podcast. And so it's still the same RSS feed. And so I, I kept the audience, thank God, uh, that I've been building over those years. Um, but I just changed the name and I changed the format of it. And, and like part of that is because back then all I do was really interviews. And then now I'm not really doing interviews anymore. And so for me, what I do is I try to like come up with like these very specific topics for social anxiety. Um, so for example, like, um, like one of them that I just dropped today, uh, is called, uh, uh, you know, how to be productive 
amidst social anxiety. You know, another one is like, maybe you're not actually a shy introvert. What's the deal with eye contact and social anxiety? How introverts can appear rude to other, like all so, these different so things. So you're just, and, and not just, this is great. You're talking to, you know, a blank canvas. You're just talking to your listeners without an interview, uh, without an interviewee, which frankly, uh, let's just be honest for anybody that's ever tried to record themselves. That's a lot harder just to speak your mind on a camera or a video or audio than it is to just ask questions and have a banter. Yeah. I mean, that's why I've been doing it for like <laughs> a long time now, like almost four years now, you know? And so, uh, and then the other part too, is that, um, I don't want to say they're scripted, but they're much, much, much more detailed. Right. So before what I would do is like, I would just go in and, and a lot of times this was through interviews. And so I think it's fine with interviews. Like you want to have that more converse, you know, more conversational interview. Um, but what I do now is like, I, I, I like heavily research and like, I go into the podcast and I'm like, okay, I'm going to cover this, 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 this. And it's like, and I, and I construct it so that when people listen to it, it's like a, uh, it, it just feels more like well-produced rather than someone just being like, um, you know, and I think, you know what I mean? And so, and so that, that's it. And then, and then I, you know, like, I don't know if you've heard of this guy, Jay Shetty. Um, uh, he's a, he's huge. You should definitely look into him. Um, and then other people that I'm bringing on. Um, and so for example, like I'm doing this episode, uh, that should be up by next week called, uh, something like a strong mind is built in the kitchen. And then I brought in one of my friends whose name is Dr. Drew Ramsey to talk about this and how, and then like his experience, um, with it. And so yeah, that's what I'm going to start doing. Just like these main topics around social anxiety, shyness. And then every once in a while, I'm going to bring in like someone who knows more about me than it specifically and then bring them in too, you know, and then really just have it be like, like literally what I want to do is I just want to create like a library. I want to create like a, like a database, a directory of just like resources and information that anyone who has, you know, faces these issues with shyness, social anxiety, introversion could just go to and just like get the answer, just figure out what to do, know the expert, you know? And so that's been my approach. That's, that's changed, you know, over the years. Oh yeah. But you know, I look at what you just described as, uh, incredibly, um, uh, uh, moving isn't even the right word. Like you're, I, I don't know you that well, but I'm proud of you because like, look at the, the like on your website, you have a timeline of, of Mark, like when you did this, <laughs> when you did that, which is great. But like, you got to add this to the timeline, dude, because it is so much easier to just chat with somebody and have an interview style than it is to just talk to a camera. And, and, and I, I just, that just shows the evolution of your, uh, of your hardware to steal from your uh, TEDx, right? Your hardware <laughs> being your brain. You said, you know, people always talk yeah. about hardware versus software. And I loved your analogy of trying to put um, iOS 13 on the original iPhone. The, uh, iOS 13 is great. The iPhone, not so much if it's that model. <laughs> so same thing. Yeah. It just shows the evolution of, of your functioning. Um, so that's to me, that's, that's huge, dude. Thank you, man. Um, Thank you, let me, that. um, let me dive in a couple quick things before we move on. Right. Yeah. Uh, and finish up. I know you're busy and, um, I want to keep this a little tight, but, um, you wrote a book in 2020. Um, um, and, uh, the, you've talked about it a little bit for, uh, I don't know, a couple seconds here, but it's called screw being shy. It's available. Um, uh, I imagine, uh, on Amazon, I know it's a mm -hmm. bestseller, but the question that I have is, um, that then, 
uh, uh, catapulted you into the idea of you wanted to launch a coaching program for, uh, for shy or, or introverted type people. Um, and I love how you said the, that basically it's for those that don't want to read. So yeah, they can go get, they can listen to your book on audible, but this is a, uh, I imagine interactive program for those that don't want to read the book, but it's a similar or same message. Can you unpack, uh, the book and, or the, um, the new program a little bit? Yeah, totally. So I wrote the book because in 2019, uh, you know, my speaking career was taking off and I basically got invited to speak in basically every major city in America and every single city that I went there. Except for Eric, Baltimore. Except for Baltimore. Yeah. I didn't, I have not it's stepped not major. into Maryland. It's, okay. it's not major. I'm, I hope to speak there soon, but. I'm just um, messing with you. Go ahead. My apologies. <laughs> but, um, you know, what, what was really interesting is that every single city that I went to, um, and then I would get invited for like different, different things. For some of them, it was more about my personal story, mental health. For some other ones, it was all about like marketing and business and stuff like that. Um, and so well, what I found really interesting is that at the end of every single one of these events, when I would be finished speaking, and, you know, there would always be people who would, you know, wait in line to come talk to me or to take a picture with me or whatever, there would always be like that one, at least that one person in every city who I was like, oh, that's the old version of me. And they would walk up to me and they would ask me the same question. They would, they would not make eye contact. Maybe they would be shaking. Maybe their voice would tremble. And they would ask me like, hey, Mark, how did you go from someone who you know, was painfully shy to being able to go up on a stage and speak your story confidently? And so that happened so often where I was literally like, oh shit, like I can't, I can't wait to write a book. Like I actually need to do this right now to get this out there because there are people out there who are suffering and have not found the solutions because a lot of the solutions are just too complicated or they haven't been packaged right. And so I wrote this book and, um, you know, it literally came out the, the day everything shut down. And so it was kind of a disaster um, in terms of like marketing and all this stuff. Um, but, you know, the program that I created, I should have done it a while ago, but I just, you know, I just released it now. I've been working on it for like the last year. And basically what it is, is um, it's basically someone who not even necessarily don't want to read. It's like, they literally just want to know what do I need to know? And then how can I do it in my own life? And so basically the way this program works, it's this 45 day program um, only during the weekdays and literally every single day, it just, it, it either shows you a video or it shows you like some instructional, um, you know, video. Um, and then it just like asks you to do certain things. And, you know, some of them are, some of the days they're interactive. Some of them they're not, you just have to practice. And so I really just created this as, um, like a system that I could use to scale myself because, everything I do, like I have one-on-one -on -one clients that are like CEOs that are professionals. Um, but a lot of the times, like there'll be like a 14 year old or like a 22 year old in college who reaches out to me and they say like, Hey Mark, like, what can I do right now? You know? And a lot of the times, like for someone who's in that spot, um, you need something easy. Like you need a, a, an easy digestible sort of, you know, mode. And I know a lot of people don't read. And so watching a video, um, you know, doing something that's more interactive is what I hope to, you know, help people with. And uh, yeah, it's all about social anxiety, shyness, rewiring your mind, mental health. It's just very practical step-by-step, day-by-day. I, I think that's incredible. And um, 
you know, for those that don't know Mark already, if you're not connected, I can't imagine you're not already, uh, obviously connect with him on LinkedIn, follow him on social media, uh, YouTube. He's got thousands of followers, Mark Metry and his podcast. Um, and then get the book, right? Amazon. Um, you know, it's, it's, it sounds incredible. Screw being shy. I'm, I'm transparent. I'm not going to lie. I have not read the book yet. I'm going to order it. I think my wife would love to read it too, because mm. it would even help her within her practice to learn mm. a different perspective for somebody that, that have is literally gone through this and, you know, we don't have to unpack it, but I don't know if you went through therapy or not, but you cured yourself is what it sounds like, which I really, really love. Um, and then for those that want to um, learn about uh, Mark's coaching program, it'd be, I imagine, uh, reach out to him for sure. But markmetry.com, right? Uh, markmetry, M-E-T-R-Y.com. Um, Perfect. Mark, is there, um, is there any other um, uh, things that we should know about you that you want to share with our audience before we wrap up? Yeah, man. The biggest thing is this, like, I, I am... Um you know, I don't, I don't have like some crazy story. I just have a story that I think a lot of people relate with. I think I have a story that is the truth for a lot of people who feel like they have been invisible for most of their lives. And honestly, for me, like, I just want those people to use me and use my story and then also use my tools, my paths, my solutions, whatever, to just be themselves. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's like the, the question that you said at the beginning of people saying, just be yourself. This is like my long, you know, but, but detailed and accurate response for people who experience social anxiety, who like literally can't be themselves. And like, I went through it for 10 years and dude, like I, I almost became a statistic, you know? And so I don't want that for anybody. And so all my work is just all about trying to get this message out there to so many people um, who need it, whether they're kids or whether they're adults or CEOs, like there's a lot of people that can go through this. Well, you know, we talked about quote unquote, be yourself. But here's the thing. If I'm somebody that would obnoxiously have the audacity to say to Mark Metry, just be yourself, man, just be yourself. You are being yourself. <laughs> Literally, there's there's nothing that you're doing that's not yourself. So um, I got to imagine that goes through your mind too. Like I'm being myself. In fact, if you told me to be myself, and being myself was to do what you used to do, that wouldn't be natural. It would be nearly impossible at this point in my life. So uh, a lot of people maybe maybe flip the script, right? I would tell people yeah. to think about it from that perspective. If you're being yourself right now, um, good, bad, or indifferent, and somebody told you to be yourself, i.e. go try to be shy or introverted or uh, whatever um, term we want to use, that ain't easy. I don't think it's going to come natural. Trust me. It's not going to come any more natural to you trying to do that than it is telling someone like Mark or anybody even close to that to, uh, to be themselves. And I will say this as we wrap up, Mark, you know, I, uh, at the end of your Ted talk, um, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> you ended it with, um, I'm not special. I'm not talented. And then you went on to explain why I would disagree, man. Um, give yourself more props and more credit, brother. Um, you are special. You are talented because you saw the challenge and the problem that you were facing. And instead of, I know you had times where you doubted yourself, many times where you wanted to do something um, negative about it, but you decided to stop that mental um, uh, noise, for lack of a better term. And you went uh, fast forward into uh, pushing yourself, as that doctor would say, uh, to exposing yourself to things that will get you out of that that uh, that 
I don't know what bad habit of some sort. So, so give yourself credit, man. Thank you, man. I do give myself credit and I, I definitely know I'm a special and talented guy. And, and I, the reason why I say that is just because like, I remember when I was growing up and then my school would invite like some speaker or like some hero or whatever. Um, there would always be a part of my brain that's like, oh, everything this person's about to say is BS and doesn't apply to you because they're, they actually have talent and you don't, you know what I mean? And so I say that to get to the other people who may think that about themselves to understand that and to realize like, oh, wait, this guy is just like me. And if he's special, then I, I can eventually become that, you know? And so, oh, I, I look, man, I totally relate to that. <laughs> um, and I do stuff like that too. I always say stuff, but from, from one, one dude to another, just telling you from meeting you and Thank following you. you and silently stalking you on LinkedIn and watching, um, cause I don't comment on everything, but just watching your content. Um, you, you, you deserve the, the good things that are happening. You, you've pushed through Thank it you, and, um, I only wish you nothing. Uh, but future success. So um, for everybody um, here at uh, the Rockstars Rockin' Podcast uh, and the folks that are behind me that literally put this thing together, because I don't know about you, but I don't do anything but show up and ask some questions. Um, <laughs> so uh, the reality is uh, it's been a pleasure. I'm, I'm really super pumped for folks to connect with you. Go to markmetry.com. Go to Amazon. Get Screw Being Shy by Mark Metry. Look into his coaching program and spread the word. If you, um, if you know anybody or you are that somebody, who admittedly is in a similar uh, position as Mark used to be, reach out. He's super genuine, down to earth. I just sent him a message on LinkedIn and we had a quick conversation and here we are having a great, a great talk. So um, I'm Eric Silverman. That's Mark Metry. And uh, I look forward to next week where we'll have another rock stars rocking guest coming on the show. Thank you everybody for listening or watching on YouTube. Make it a great Woo! day. I'm sorry. I'm Don't so sorry, sorry for interrupting you. I love it. Thanks, Mark. You're the best. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the Rockstars Rocking Podcast. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. And if you feel so inclined, please leave us a review. Five stars would totally rock. Until next time, Rockstars, keep rocking.